Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I am Zach, and this is Hunter, and today we are going to be talking about the Pro Tour. Um, we, we really hope that went. I hope that <laughs> worked. Let me know if that worked. Um, we're going to be talking about the Pro Tour um, and what it means for disc golf. And first, I'm going to throw it over to Hunter, who's sipping on his coffee. Yeah. Um, to do two off the tee. So two things. First off, oh. if you're new here, my brother's coffee shop, Third Wave Coffee, that we partnered with for that uh, early tea time, turned three years old today. So uh, that's a huge accomplishment. It's hot, guys. Yeah, it's real Hunter hot Hunter literally just ran here, ran under the table, just poured the coffee. We had a minute left on our timer. If you wonder why he said under the table, it's because oh. that's the only way to get yeah. to our seats is Sorry. to crawl under the table. Um, yeah, so for two off the tee, if you're new here, basically I get Ooh. one question from Reddit. This one comes from... PM me track videos. Um, if you have any track PM videos, me. hit that guy up. Um, and the other one comes from the board. So if you have any questions, y'all are already pretty active on the chat board. But if you have any questions, go ahead and fire them away down there. Um, so the question is, best type of disc to learn proper forehand mechanics with? And he said, understable or overstable, putter, mid, driver. He has a competent backhand, but his forehand is trash. <laughs> Not my words, his words. Um, let <laughs> but me his forehand is trash. Zach can pull up y'all's questions. And can you guys let me know if you guys heard that? He said ching, so oh, they must have cool. heard it. Um, yeah. So best disc to learn forehand with. Um, I would recommend a mid range. Um, I would say putter, but putter is tough because of how deep it is. Wow. Um, hold on. I'm gonna stop you right there. We got our first ever. Oh, hit the ching button. Super chat. Wow. Or what's it called? Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Thank you, Christopher Paquin. Pa- yeah, we pa- really appreciate pa- that. You win. Um, thank you. So, sorry. Go ahead. The uh, I'm gonna say a mid. Some people would say putter. Um, I'm gonna let Zach answer this too. So you have two different perspectives on it, um, especially because Zach's forehand is a lot better than mine. Um, but I would say a mid that is straight to understable. So my recommendation would be a Buzz, Buzz SS, or Meteor. Um, that's all discraft. I just realized that uh, M4 is <laughs> another good one. Uh, M3. A4 is fantastic. Yeah, A4 is a little stable. To, just because, like, I'm talking, like, basically, if you can learn with something that makes, like, you uncomfortable to flick, yeah. if you can learn to how to forehand that, then everything else is going to be easy. Because it's really easy to forehand a stable disc. So, like, a Buzz OS, yeah. uh, Zone. Zone, Firebird, anything like Destroyer. that. It's really <laughs> easy to learn how to forehand with. Um but your forehand will only get so good if you learn to forehand with the overstable disc. If you learn to forehand something flippy that you can control and hyzer flip, that's where the like top of the top forehands started. So if you look at Big Germ, I've mentioned this before, there's a video. I can't find it. So if someone else can find it, send it to me because I've referenced it multiple times, um, but I can't find it. There's a video of Big Germ throwing meteors and I think buzzes um, back when he was with Discraft forehand. And they are sick the lines he's hitting it looks like he's throwing it backhand but he's throwing it forehand and then another player is lance brown um more forehand. so back when he was a north carolina player he carry woods. like beat up colts yeah. and he threw an m4 always and just a filthy he didn't have a backhand so he throw a filthy right uh forehand turnover um but that kind of gives you a step up on the competition um what do, what do you think zach so like my answer is basically gonna be the same thing, but the way that I learned um, was overstable discs because I didn't have anyone like right away to teach me how to play. So I knew I was like I had a strong forehand, so I would take like 
for example, a destroyer and rip on it really hard, um, like, you know, on Annie, and I'd still be able to get to, like, flex out and fly far, but that's how I learned. So I'm kind of, like, my skill, I feel like, is, like, a little tainted from that, like, learning yeah. that way. I think that's Because the... I wish I would have learned the other way. Exactly. But, like, right now, what I'm doing is, like, that uh, sail that I talk about all the time, that, like, it's the flippiest thing for me backhand like how flippy it is forehand it's crazy but like i can throw it on so much hyzer and the way that it flies it goes for a mile just because like it's thrown correctly and it's thrown with so much like hyzer but like it takes so much touch because if you roll your wrist at all you're gonna know yeah like this will really teach you to like keep your hand up when you like throw a forehand because i still struggle with that all the time ask hunter i roll stuff over all the time because that's how I learned. Yeah, exactly. I learned to go like and this. And that's what so many people have because you'll read comments online like I can't find something stable enough for my forehand. Right. Like and they're like I have such a powerful forehand. It's like no, you just you learned wrong. You know what I mean? Because that's how so many players learn, and that's how I learned forehand. Um, luckily, my forehand always sucked. So when I wanted to get good at a forehand, I just reworked it anyways. I didn't have the issue that Zach has where he's already throwing four hundred foot forehands, and then if he wants to relearn, he'd have to yeah. take it back. You know what I mean? Like that would be a lot different ball game but um yeah but that's gonna be the issue is if you learn with something overstable you're going to flex it and so then when you try throwing a mid or a putter you aren't going to be able to because it's going to come out on annie and it's going to either hold over on annie or roll so that was my issue um i mean it still is sometimes but like i said i'm trying to learn to like you know fix it yeah okay any questions from the board yeah one question that i feel like we might have talked about before but it could be a quick answer if you had to switch to one brand what would it be discraft yeah. My answer has changed a lot this year. It was always, always, always Innova. Me too. Um, just like, because I was comfortable with it. But the thing that I've learned about Discraft that I kind of knew because I always threw a buzz, but now I like realize it's across the board is their consistency across plastic. Like if I get a Z buzz today, it's the same, it's the same initial flight as the Z buzz was five years ago for right. me. Um, that can't be said about Innova. Whew, and so that's yeah. something... Um, that's something that I'll, I'll say I've learned a lot more this year is if I go pick up at ESP Force, I'm confident it's going to be the same disc. Right. So, like, I would say Discraft probably because of, like, how accessible it is to us. And, like, I can get this stuff, you know, it's it's right here. Like, yes, we have Innova, whatever. We just don't have, like, a huge, like, selection. But it's hard for me to say... Did I just say Innova? No, I no, said Discraft. Yeah, you said Discraft. Discraft. But it's hard to say I wouldn't want Innova because, like, the Destroyers, I don't think a Force is like it, and I don't think a Zeus is like it. It fits right in between them. It fits in between, and that's, like, what I like. Yeah. Like, I have a white Destroyer in my bag. I've probably had it in my bag for uh, 2016, so what is that, three years? Yeah. Three years now, and it's my gem. Like, if I lost it, I don't know what I would do without it. Like... Nothing so far has flown like it. But then, like, also, I can say the A4, I don't know what I would do without a beat-up A4. Like, it is, it's golden. It's, like, my one, you know, my one mid that'll, like, actually hold this line and stay there and not come back, like, won't come back. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not too understable. It won't roll. I don't know. Probably Discraft because it's here, but... Yeah. So, a good thing for me is I like two kinds of destroyers, and a brand-new destroyer normally is neither. Um, I like right. really stable destroyers that like are hard to find. You know what I mean? Like PD2 type. I'll say I have one in my bag if you yeah. want it. <laughs> like PD2 type stable destroyers. But 
a lot of forces I've found are that really stable destroyer, especially yeah. our foundation stamped forces oh were crazy the stable. McBeast. Oh, and the foundation. They were both from the same run. Yeah. Yeah. Super, um, super beefy. Which I don't know about our new McBeast stamped forces. I haven't thrown any of those, but our first ones. Um, I haven't either. I, had the first one. I would assume they're the same based on what I just said. You know, Discraft's always consistent, but I really like those type overstable ones. And then I like beat up ones, which is what the Zeus is. Yeah. I don't like the in between, which is what most destroyers are. And so with me, I actually just took all the destroyers out of my bag. I don't even know if you know Did that. You? Yeah, I only have... Yeah, you have the P2. I have two Zeuses. No, I took the PD2 out. When? I have, uh, this was recent. This was like... We just played like two week, three weeks ago probably with the PD2. Four weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, Maybe if you look at my bag, when I went to World, I didn't have it in there. Okay. Um, I'm just looking I for a disc, so I have two talking. Zeuses, a uh, Crank, a uh, Force, my beat-up D1, and I think that's all five of my distance drivers. Um, I might have a... No, I don't have a second Force. The se- Oh, I have a Punisher. I'm testing that, oh, but I'm yeah. probably going to put a second force in in place of it. But yeah, I just took out all the destroyers, which is the first time that I haven't been sponsored in Not my whole disc golf career that I don't have a destroyer in my bag. That's insane. Yeah, I'm, it feels weird, but I'm, re- I'm more confident in the disc in my bag than I am in any of my destroyers. So, Well, that's good. Uh, somebody asked if we have like tried the soul yet. Mm. I mean, it says, it's, this person says that it's a good understable mid. I was trying to look for it. We have not tried them. We have them. They feel really nice. That was a weird way for you to grab that disc. What did I do? <laughs> like, I was handing it to you like this and you went. <laughs> Sorry. It feels like a little smaller maybe. And it's nice in my hand because I have a tiny hand. We talk about this all the time. But like. The thing from, I think you'd I'm be. I'm surprised I haven't bought them because like we have really pretty pink ones. <laughs> I just think it would be flippier than what I would look for. Yeah. See, so like that's probably why it would work for me. Yeah. Because it Backhand, just, not forehand. just looking at it again, I have not thrown it, but just looking at it, it has this blunt edge and then extremely, yeah. um, just like straight bottom side. And I don't need a really flippy mid. I like a somewhat flippy mid that I can forehand and backhand because I like to forehand mids. So They're pretty domey too. Um, yeah, they all are relatively domey. I've heard it's flippier than a meteor, and a meteor is about as flippy as I like a disc. I've never thrown so a meteor. That's so. why I've never bought one. Um, but I wish he bags three souls. Well, one of those guys, Trevor Hill, bags three souls. Dang, that's crazy. You know, we might at some point do a review we, of them. We should because we don't sell that's them. A good. It seems like a good well. beginner disc. So, um, that's something that we might keep in in mind. But if if you're looking for first run souls, we got them. Yeah, we have first run souls. All right. Um, let's jump into our our topic. All right, um, guys. This is this is so. Uh, if you if you don't know. Uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour has officially sold. Um, you know, there's been talks about this behind the scenes for months. Um, and I think we all, you know, kind of knew who the buyer was going to be. Um, but yeah. it's official now. Um, so the Pro- Disc Golf Pro Tour has sold to Todd Rainwater. Um, and we'll talk a little about who he is and his involvement in Disc Golf during this podcast. But it's sold to him for an undisclosed amount. Um, no one really knows. Um, I, kind I mean, of, I failed. I forgot to pull up our, uh, I forgot to pull up the notes and um, I, now I don't have Wi Fi. That really sucks. Well, I mean, I can read the notes and you can be the opinion <laughs> guy this week. Um, so I'm gonna just kind of list the things we know about Todd and then we'll talk about him and then the things we know about Jeff Springs, who, um, is now going to be the CEO and tour director, uh, kind of taking over, um, Steve Dodge's role, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, although Steve Dodge was a majority owner, so two people are now doing Steve Jobs, Steve Dodge's job. I just <laughs> Steve said Steve Jobs, Jobs Dodge. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about what needs to be changed and then give our opinions on the whole situation at the end. I brought it up here, by the way. 
Okay, cool. So because you're the always the opinion guy, and I probably can't talk that much, I'll read the notes. You you do opinions, fine. Um, so wait, where did you go? Where did you get I to? I haven't read anything yet. Oh. Under what we know about Todd. So from the top. Yeah, I've just kind of given the whole overview. Oh, okay. So Todd Rainwater has been the mi- minority owner of the Disc Golf Pro Tour since 2017. I believe that's since the start. Yeah. The date was always 2017 in every article, but I think it's I think from the very beginning he's been well, involved. Well, wasn't the start 2016? Maybe. Maybe it's a year in he he put some money in. I don't know. But I don't know. But okay. So he's he's been in it since the beginning. Yeah. This isn't just like brand new. Um, he's the owner and the developer of Nantucket Disc Golf, which we all know is... I mean, that's huge. Um, I, I, I think the pros love to go there. Yeah, they there. love that course. Um, it's a tournament most of them never miss. Yeah. Um, he is the son of the late Richard Rainwater, who he was a billionaire investor. The father was. Yeah, Richard. Richard. And his net worth was estimated to be about $3 billion with a B. Let's ching that one. Billion with a B <laughs> uh, when he died. Yeah, that put him... I didn't put this on here, but I believe um, at the time of his death, he was like the 400th richest man on earth. Jeez. Something like that um, by Forbes. So... This is like this has been going around the community, the disc golf community, that Todd Rainwater was a is a billionaire now as well. But uh, Hunter was doing a lot of research today and could not find that online that anywhere yeah. said that he actually was a billionaire. I will or is. say, um, I couldn't find this either. But if you go onto the uh, disc golf course review forums, there was a whole thread about this, and someone in the thread said that Todd's brother went through a divorce and the public files listed his brother's net worth at 30 million at the divorce time, which was like a year ago. Um, so based on that and, you know, Richard Rainwater, it is known that when he died, a lot of his money went to charity um, and he had three kids. So if you put that together, plus his brother is only worth 30 million. Um, he could have been the not favorite son. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Todd did take over a lot of his father's, so he could have grown it i don't again there's no evidence but um i i would lean towards the side that he's not a billionaire but either way i mean who knows he's very rich we know that filthy rich um and i know the question is floating around how much did he pay um for the pro tour you don't know i just watched a little bit of the um smashbox that he was on yesterday which after you're done with this you can go watch that because there's probably more like Factual, factual information yeah. from him but he said oh well not from him from jeff springs, jeff springs. who's gonna be the we'll talk about him in a minute but he would not say how much it, he they bought it for um so like i just said jeff springs he's gonna be the new ceo and tour director basically taking over steve dodge's job um which there's a winning bell for that one um <laughs> i really hope that like i'm clicking these at the right time or if they sound right, because we didn't test them all out. We, we tested them a little bit. But Some we didn't of them. Test all of them. Anyway. Hopefully they're all clean. Yeah, I right. I didn't think about that. Oh, I that's mean, true. If it says they winning bell, be. I'd be surprised if it was yeah. a random curse word. But Okay. Um, <laughs> Todd will not... So Todd's not going to be involved in the day-to-day operations like Steve Dodge was and like what uh, Jeff Springs is going to be doing. Jeff Springs will be you know, the day-to-day guy who's going to do exactly what Steve Dodge did, basically. Kind of like when uh, Michael Scott and Jim co-ran the office. <laughs> I've Jim never was the day-to-day it. guy and Michael was the big picture guy. Todd's the big picture guy. Yeah, never watched it. 
You're missing out. Todd Rainwater said that his father was really good at finding the Michael Jordan of an industry that was suffering, putting that person in charge, and then backing off. So this is what could be happening with Jeff Springs, taking Jeff Springs, putting him in charge, and then backing off. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that, especially this year, you can see... Well, I guess I can't say it's pretty obvious. Um, to inside information, it's pretty obvious that Disc Golf Pro Tour was suffering this year. Well, yeah. Well, um, because he... Even outside information. Well, uh, not just ring. Steve Dodge had said earlier in the year, I'm pretty sure this is public knowledge, so if I say it, I might get in trouble. You're fine. But, oh, so it's public knowledge? I don't know what you're about to he say. He wanted to sell his portion, which was half of the Pro Tour, for $500,000. Yeah, I don't know if that was public or not. Okay, well, I just said it. So that that was like... I thought it was public, but... That's how much he said that he wanted to sell his portion for. We do not know if he got that much. I would hope like, not. We don't. But we don't know it, how much. It's hard he got. to put a, a estimated value on a tour like this because oh, the, sure. the potential value how of it you? is crazy high. Um, but the but how low value, it is right now? Yeah. Um, so, but that's why when I saw that quote, because this was a whole article on star telegramcom No idea what that website is, but it was a whole article about his father, Richard Rainwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw that quote where he said like his father's best talent, basically he was talking about was finding the talent. Like his, that was like one of his father's best things was he was able to see talent and then he would find the Michael Jordan of an industry that was suffering and put right. them in charge. And I was looking at him like, that's literally what Todd's doing here. You know, he's finding the Michael Jordan who is Jeff Springs, um, which we'll talk about him. You know, there's only three bullet points, but Basically, this dude has ran multiple tournaments. He's been involved in the Pro Tour for a long time. He's built uh, the Green Mountain, you know, Smuggler's Notch, disc golf courses, and all of that. That's all to Jeff Spring's name. Yep. Um, and he's worked with Smuggler's Notch for years. So I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure there's guys that might be more qualified or less qualified that would their name could be thrown in the hat, but... The biggest thing with Jeff Springs is he's proven. Right. Um, he's proven he can run good events that players love to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, the Smuggler's Notch and Worlds last year, obviously the destination plays into it a lot, but if it was ran poorly, people would still hate it, yeah. regardless of the destination. So um, he's proven, and he's basically, Todd is funding this, From to my understanding. He's funding the rest of 2019 and 2020. Um, I think in 2021, Jeff Spring said, he said that they're like funded basically till 2021. Yeah, and so... That basically gives three years for the yeah. Pro Tour to branch out. Yeah. Um, three years of stress-free growth, which is huge because that's something that Steve Dodge couldn't provide. Right. Um, no knock against Steve Dodge with that because, I mean, he's not a multimillionaire yeah, or billionaire. Say, we don't have the money. In, yeah. Like, so that's basically the only thing is that Todd Rainwater does have the money to say, hey, like I believe in this. I'm going to make sure we're financially good through this year. Um, so I think that's kind of what he's doing is he's putting Jeff Springs in charge saying, you have the money, go do your thing. Um, Jeff Springs is leaving Smuggler's Notch. Um, oh, he is? Yes. Oh, wow. He's leaving in October. will begin his transition into full-time pro tour. Who's going to take over Smuggler's Notch? I have no idea. I mean, he'll, he'll probably still run the Green Mountain Championships, but yeah. the, the day-to-day, whatever he did there is done. He's moving on to the pro tour. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about what we like no needs to be changed uh fact wise and then i think we'll talk some uh, some opinions stuff okay. after that so i'll just i'll do the first uh three bullets and then you get the next i'll, I'll do the first like uh white bullet yeah so this we talk about all the time i feel like everybody in disc golf talks about this one that i'm about to say 
outside sponsors. Without outside sponsors, you're never going to see a sport like you're never going to see a sport be able to do anything because then there's yeah. going to be no money. With it, especially disc- with the uh, disc golf, how small it is. Right, as a sport disc golf cannot last for the next ten years with Todd Rainwater giving everybody giving you know the sport his money. I mean, it, it might not, be able to last, but it's well, not a good it, formula. <laughs> it's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, like the we won't grow. No one's going to know more about us because then you know no outside sponsors are going to. It, yeah, it, that just is a recipe for disaster if they don't get outside sponsors. But assuming because of how like business oriented Todd Rainwater is, they're gonna be able to do this. Yeah, and like it might take a few years, but like it's gonna happen. So I, my guess is that he's gonna do, you know, he's gonna try his hardest to get the biggest sponsors, like for 2021, and then he'll stop funding it in 2021. Yeah, and then hopefully the sponsors will then will be able to uh, fund it. Yeah, I think that's one of the the biggest things value-wise that Todd Rainwater brings to this is basically his name and business background. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, with being as big as his family is outside of disc golf, um, the Rainwater name, you know, the different charities they run, his father was a part owner of the Texas Rangers, um, and stuff like that to where he obviously is going to know people slash have good connections in the sports world yeah, and in the business world in general. And I think that is where this is like, that's the best of this news. You know right. what I mean? Is the yeah. fact that the guy who bought it isn't just some Joe Schmo who like happened to have some money lying around and it's yeah. like, Hey, I'm gonna buy this. And yeah. you know, has no deal with buying, you know what I mean? No reason to buy it. This guy seems to have the connections and everything that can, you know, maybe by 2020. Yeah. He's still funding it, but now they have so much added cash that, yeah, you know, the pro tour can become uh, what it was always hoped to be. Right. Um, what we always talk about it, what it can be. Yeah. Cause I, I mean the, the outside sponsors I think was the, the biggest, most obvious thing that the pro tour was suffering. Yeah. Um, we saw the, the Alaskan salmon, salmon, however you want to pronounce it. Like Gosh. yeah. once that happened, you realized it, the whole reason How that that kind of upset me was like, it's so far out of the sport yeah. that you realize at that point, Steve Dodge had, tried all of his resources yeah and none of them got him anywhere and his yep. last resort was probably a friend who ran this business that's doing well and so he's gonna try to sell fish yeah you know what i mean um and what another thing that i noticed about that outside sponsorship that i've talked about a few times is the fact that it didn't add anything right well we don't well we don't know how much money they gave well yeah but if you look at the article you can still pull it up oh you're right um the article said this sponsorship is going to allow us to continue yeah and then it just listed everything they do everything they already do yeah so it's basically like hey guys this is a public announcement that we ran out of money and these people just bailed us out yeah is what that's how i read it and so that's why i think publicly it was pretty obvious that the pro tour is struggling yeah um because you would expect outside sponsors to add something right and and also you got to like just from like a different perspective for like just talking about like this Alaskan salmon company as like a marketing perspective, there's no way they made their money back. No, gosh, no. Like if I was like in charge of marketing at this salmon company, you would have been fired. <laughs> I, I'm saying like, I'm surprised they don't, we don't hear soon. Like, Oh, by the way, you know that company over there? Yeah. They fired that guy. Cause that sucked. Yeah. It makes, it really makes no sense. That's, that was, that was when it like in my head, I'm like the pro tour is really struggling. Yeah. Um, and probably the Alaskan fish company is doing very well. And it's just like, let's pour more money into something, you know? Yeah. Cause I think like that's the type of company that must've just been someone high enough up that liked disc golf. Mm-hmm. That was like, eh, sure. Yep. Why not? You yep. know what I mean? 
Because, I mean, think about disc golfers. Like, how many of them are going to be buying fish online? Online. Oh, my gosh. It just like, just that disgusting. in general, I don't want... I mean, A, I don't like fish. Same. But if I like... If there's any fish I do like, it's fresh. And it's like... Yeah. Like, I have a rule. I'll only eat fish and seafood if I'm at the beach. Because if I'm not, like, near the coast... Like, if I'm in Kansas, heck no, I'm not getting seafood. Because yeah. you got to think how far that thing had to travel. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I'm ordering seafood from Alaska... That thing has to go all the way across the lower 48 to get to me. Yeah. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, fish already grosses me out. And then you add the fact that it's just been in a truck, you know, regardless of Plane, how good the packaging truck, whatever, is. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Uh, so that's what I knew was, it was struggling. So hopefully Todd Rainwater can change that. Um, assuming he does, but. And I'm assuming he already has connections that he can work with. The only thing that kind of I'm on the fence is the fact that he's been involved since 2017. So you would assume he would have already been using these resources. Maybe um, he just, because he was minority owner, he didn't like, not that he didn't care, but like he wasn't putting all of his effort into it. I don't know. Well, I think just, part of it too was when you were selling the pro tour to these companies, you were selling Steve Dodge. Right. Um, and it's like, in this episode, I don't want to belittle how much Steve Dodge has done for the sport because the pro tour itself, you know, has pushed it to another level. Yeah. Um, but Steve Dodge was not fit to run a tour that was as big as the the Pro Tour, if that makes sense. Right. Um, the Pro Tour outgrew how far Steve Dodge could take it. Yeah. And so he was just holding it back at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you were selling it to these companies, you know, I'm sure when you present Steve Dodge in a room, you know, the way he comes off in a lot of interviews, the ideas he has to grow it, a lot of it just wouldn't make sense. Right. Um, because it doesn't make sense to me and I'm not a... <laughs> I'm not someone who's trying to invest millions of dollars or however much would yeah. be in this thing. So, um, yeah, so I guess I'll take the next one. Uh, yep. The big thing that I noticed that I really liked was I noticed this was mentioned in the press release, press release <laughs> and the Ulti World article um, is that they're going to be working closely with the PDGA. Mm-hmm. Um, so the direct quote from, uh, I believe this was from... I don't remember. I believe Pick it was one. from Jeff Springs. <laughs> um, okay. It says... the or this might have just been straight from the Ulti World article now that I'm reading it, but the new owners plan to work together with stakeholders and in closer connection with the PDGA, a departure from Dodge's more trailblazing and often combative style. Okay, so that was definitely from Ulti World. Yeah, I think that was just Ulti World. Um, okay, I'm not going to say anything about Ulti World. But yeah, um, I believe that. that was just... Uh, from that was I know the quote was from Ulti World's article, but I originally thought I pulled a uh, Jeff Spring quote, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the... Obviously, on the media side is where we saw the biggest pushback, mm-hmm. pro tour-wise. Um, but even player-wise, which I have an article that I'm going to pull up in a minute. I do have something to say about the media that I just listened to. That's Steve, Spr- uh, Steve Spring. Steve you like Springs, that? His new name. Uh, Jeff Spring said on uh, Smashbox last night. Oh, go for it. Oh, okay. So when the Smashbox guys were asking, I'm going to say Steve Spring again, Jeff Spring about like media and stuff like that, you know, he said that the one thing that him and Todd Rainwater like shared was the love for like the live coverage. And they said like that's going to stick around. What was kind of like weird was then, you know, Terry made like a joke to um, Johnny. Johnny, like, oh, look, like we're going to stick around. Like, haha, like he likes live coverage. And then, you know, Jeff Spring kind of like laughed and goes, there are many options out there for live coverage. And, like, didn't say he wanted to use Smashbox or anything. 
And then Terry kind of got like defensive and he's like, yeah, haha, you can get other live coverage if you want to pay 25 times more than what we charge. Kind of like got a little defensive, but like was making it funny. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just like Jeff Spring couldn't say like, yeah, we're going to use Smashbox or like he might be going like professional. Well, I would a I would hope so, because here's my thing. Um, Terry and Smashbox do a great job, especially considering, you know, they have to be affordable in the disc golf market. Yeah. I think, you know, they have the talent to go bigger, yeah. but they don't have the funding to go bigger. And plus, if they went bigger, they couldn't do it at different tournaments. You know what right. I mean? Because yeah. like the, the draw of you're going to have to, we're going to have to, you have to pay us 10,000 because of the crew we're bringing right. is a lot less than, you know, probably the 3000 you pay right now yeah. or something like that. I don't know their actual numbers, so don't take any of that to court. That's just, you know, I'm just tossing <laughs> that word. Um, but you see what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah. So this isn't a knock on Terry at all, but I'm just saying with the new funding, you know, they would more than likely have the money. And I think that the biggest improvement disc golf could see is in the live coverage, mm-hmm. um, mainly more coverage, more uh, card coverage, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because if you look at golf, you never watch players just walk. You yeah. know what I mean? You never and watch plus, one card. After they throw, you never just watch commercials. Yeah. Especially not the same oh. commercial 10 times, which... You know, yeah. that that I will say Smashbox could do better. Um, that is one thing. You know, they, they play the same commercial over and over. And from what I understand, it's just because they have them all in front of them and they just click whichever one they can get to. Yeah. And a lot of times it's the same one. Yeah. But um, so I would love to see like three or four card coverage. Yeah. Um, to where the main card, that's our main card. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But when they're walking, we have the option, hey, let's jump over to hole 17. You know, right. we, we saw USDGC try this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and personally, I loved it. Yep. Um, it, I didn't think it was flawless by any means, but I felt like it was a lot closer to where we want coverage to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it be brought in house, the live coverage, but I mean, Steve Dodge tried bringing it in house and that was what caused a lot of the media pushback. So do you yeah. think, do you think that money would solve that? Yeah. See, I think what will solve it more than money is Jeff Spring himself. You know, I think Jeff Spring makes or breaks this because yeah. if Steve Dodge had tested his idea prior to the memorial... Uh, well, right, yeah. Um, then I think a lot. I think there would have been a lot less pushback Yeah, because his idea wasn't bad. Because I was even talking to Jomez about it because they had looked at going live. I don't think that's... You yeah, know. someone said that. They said, pay Jomez to do live, and I was going to say what you're about to say. Yeah, but they looked at it. It was just too expensive. Yeah. But I mean... No plans for Jomez to go live anytime soon, so don't. Yeah, I mean, unless Todd Rainwonder funds it. Well, yeah, So, um, but don't get your hopes up. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't be... Because the idea that Steve Dodge had wasn't bad to do yeah, it live bad. coverage, record it on the on the same cameras. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to pay two... You don't have to pay Jomez and the Pro Tour cameras. Yep. And then edit it and have it out the next day. Mm -hmm. Where it failed was the lack of training and the lack of testing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if the training and the testing were there so that the cameraman knew how to shoot disc golf and the editors knew how to edit disc golf and the switcher knew how to switch. Yeah. um, Well, you know who the switcher is, right? Oh, what? No, it wasn't Johnny at the first one. Oh, okay. No, because he's talking about the switcher now. No, Johnny came in even before Smashbox took over. Johnny came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm pretty sure the memorial he wasn't. No. Because I think he came in because of how bad the memorial was. Yeah. Um, But that's what caused all the pushback. So if they try this idea again, I don't think it's a negative thing. The disc golf community will probably push back again because, I mean, we all love Jomez. 
I mean, we watched right. their world's coverage. They're, one of their world's views is almost at a million. I Did know. I that? saw that. Yeah. Like, one video, the front nine is at 930-something thousand, and then like the back nine was at like, I don't know, maybe 300,000. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, side note, because like YouTube, the algorithm pushes like separate videos. I don't know yeah. if you guys knew that, but like that's what happened with theirs. That's why one's like so high. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So, I mean... The disc golf community is going to push back because we love Jomez and we always will love Jomez. But wait, 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 wait. but are they going to push back if you bring somebody in like because they have the money like ESPN like God forbid they bring in ESPN you're going to push back if they come out with like the most top notch professional coverage? Me no. The disc golf community it would not surprise me. Yeah. Just because of they're holding us back. <laughs> well, just because. Yeah. I mean, I think they would push back at the initial announcement that Jomez isn't going to be a part of the Pro Tour. You know what I mean? That initial yeah. announcement would have pushback. If they brought in, I would personally, and I think we can talk about this. I mean, this isn't, I'm just saying like, it's not really related to the topic, but I feel like we can talk about it. I don't think ESPN's a good move. And here's why. Because TV coverage is dying anyways. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, just going on YouTube and running with what you got, but just improving it by leaps and bounds is a much cheaper option. And... uh in the long term will probably play out. So so then why not take Jomez and fund them to what they need to do live coverage? Because the whole thing with Jomez was Jomez didn't want to... Because Steve Dodge originally offered Jomez to shoot for the Pro Tour. The issue is Jomez has built this brand that is Jomez, and they don't want to just yeah. be gone and everything's on the Pro Tour. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then that's eight tournaments that they aren't you know getting ad revenue and getting stuff like that. Have a, Have a team that does live coverage and then have a team that goes does your other tournaments for Jomez. I know it means like hiring like four more people, but like if they give you the money. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I don't know uh, to me, the solution, if you want Jomez to be doing your live coverage is live coverage under pro tour and you fund the additional equipment needed and then have Jomez do the next day of coverage. Yeah. You know, they're still shooting with the same cameras. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, and then you just train, you know, two cameramen for cards, two, three, and four, or maybe just two and three or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, that's all speculation. I'm just right. saying, no, yeah, I know. ESPN, yes, would be huge right now. And if you could get on their streaming app, I think that'd be a better move. ESPN Plus. <laughs> yeah, like something like that. I think that'd be a better long term move. But I feel like it would be a lot of money. Yeah. That. I don't know if it's the right move because yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Cornhole and stuff being on ESPN over disc golf. Yeah. The whole reason is cornhole and stuff. A, they pay to have ESPN there. Mm-hmm. B, it's a one camera, one guy job. Well, they have more than one camera. But yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it, it's a very minimum job compared to if having guys run around for like yeah. five hours and like, yeah. And yeah, multiple yeah. different cards, you know, yeah. you're talking about a satellite yeah. truck and a lot of stuff yeah. that they don't have to do yeah. at cornhole. You know what I mean? So, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how... Now, media won't change this year. That's going to... The plan set, keep going. Yep. And I don't think media will make a huge change next year. I think live coverage will. Personally. You think? I think live coverage will make a change. Um, I don't know if it'll be Smashbox. You know, yeah, I think I there's know. two options. I think Smashbox better funded or Smashbox cut off. Disc Golf Pro Tour has their own live. But I think they'll still bring in Jomez and Central Coast. Yeah, I think that they'll keep Jomez in Central Coast. Yeah, because I think that's that's the solution that makes the community happy, and then maybe 2020 rolls around, or... Yeah, 20... Wow. 2021? We're in 2019. So it'd be 2021 season rolls around, 
and that's when they, you know, cut everything. I, I don't know. That's all speculation. Yeah. I feel like I haven't used this soundboard enough, but I don't know when to use it. Yeah, I don't think there's a good time right now, but I don't know. Oh, also, so I'm just going to throw this in there because I need a break talking about this. We want to make Griplock mugs. Oh, yeah. Would you guys like Griplock mugs? Because we drink coffee. Yeah, we normally so drink we coffee this? every episode. I feel like we should make Griplock mugs. If so either we make, I would say either we make a few so like we could sell, or we make two just for us. I say we make like ten. Yeah, two for us, eight to sell, and if they don't <laughs> yeah. sell, we'll give them away. Yeah. Um, anyway, keep going. Yeah, so I think that the next thing we really need to see is the tour operate more like a business. Hold on, that's yeah. a good question. Could Jomez actually survive if eight to the eleven of the top tournaments are taken away from them? The players will probably flock to the higher payouts if Disc Golf Pro Tour has more money available. That's sure I didn't think about that. Well, it happened this year. Jomez, they have them up to halfway through the season was them. not with Pro Tour. They and went and covered all those other tournaments. Yeah. Like B tiers, A tiers, C tiers. I think Jomez could survive. Like final nines. Um, yeah, because the final nines make them money and stuff like that. And, you know, with the new ownership, I think players would pick the Pro Tour over Jomez. Um, yeah. But this season, yeah. what we saw was players picking Jomez over Pro Tour because... <clears throat> Sexton. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and we saw... Se- well, Sexton, because of, you know, commentary, yeah. he makes a lot lot of money and plus the pro tour like even paul this year you know the pro tour just wasn't a priority if right. it fit in his schedule he went if it didn't fit in his schedule he didn't break his neck to get there yeah um i think next year that might be a different story you know and paul was even talking about that um paul said uh the organization and quality of the events could improve i can see some drastic changes to the event schedule that will take quality over quantity hopefully this means a better tour schedule for touring and non-touring players alike if not, I just hope they spread out better and not bunched up kind of how we are right now. Yeah, that was from Paul, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we we know from Paul that, like, a few weeks ago when they mentioned, when they, like, um, what's his name? I, I Honestly, these two these names are mixing me up. Not Jeff Spring. Todd. Nope. Steve Dodge. <laughs> mentioned the uh, Pro Tour finale. Like, where it was going to be is going to be back in, like, Kansas, right? Emporia, right? Emporia. Yeah. That like all of the pros were like so pissed. Yeah. And yeah. didn't want to go there. It was going to be too cold, but it was like Kansas in October or whatever. Or November. November. Early November, I think. Like, I probably shouldn't say names, but like people from that area, like team members from dynamic team members said these courses are not good enough to have a pro tour finale. Everybody, like 90% of, of the players that, were pissed and not yeah. going to go. There's a lot of players that weren't going, and there's a lot of players saying, I can't afford to not go, but yeah. if I could, I wouldn't. But I, don't, I, I know Paul's not going. I don't believe he is. Now, with the new ownership, he might show up to support them. Maybe. Um, I can pull that up, can I? Is that up yet? I don't know. I'm going to You talk. I'm gonna I look, mean, he might up. be registered because tournaments will just put players' names on there, assuming they're coming. Do they? Yeah, because Paul's been registered for like three tournaments in the same weekend before. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to any of them. They'll just put my name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, um, I just said, yeah, before the question came up, the yeah, tour needs to operate more like a business and look for more ways to monetize their events. Um, I think that's going to be big, especially up front to them supporting themselves. Because if you think about it, if they can support themselves yeah, um, to where the goal, obviously. their events can fund all of the staff and stuff, then the outside cash wouldn't have to go to paying Jeff Springs and stuff like that. You right. know what I mean? The outside cash could go to you win a pro tour, you get $20,000. Right. You know what I mean? That type of a thing. I do think it's interesting though, you know, as far as operating like a business, them working closer with the PDGA 
Um, obviously, scheduling wise, I think that's big. You know, scheduling with the national tour and stuff. But I, yeah. I'm wondering if that could mean something along the lines of one tour taking a back seat and being qualifying for the other tour. Probably Which we've not. Been talking That's about just because I always want. We've that been to talking about it, but um, I'm interested to see what exactly it means. The pro tour working closer with the PDGA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't really know what that's going to mean. Um, I just know it's been said in multiple different articles. So, uh, but a few I've listed a few ways that they could monetize their events better. A is selling tickets to spectators. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big next step. You know, there's there's ones that charge for parking, but I think charging for tickets. Um, would be big. And, you know, we're only, we can talk like five, ten bucks a ticket because yeah. that's still an extra, a lot of tournaments, five bucks a ticket is an extra ten grand mm-hmm. or more. Um, ten bucks a ticket is definitely an extra ten grand at majors. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. always at least a thousand people. And that's only talking Saturday. Right. You know? Sorry, guys. I'm still trying to look for this thing, so yeah. I'm not being um, rude. <laughs> the, so if we're talking like five bucks for a ticket, yeah, I don't know of a person who's going to a disc golf event that five bucks for a ticket is going to stop them. Right. Um, I, I mean, I, I'd pay. <laughs> because you know what it's going to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think more merchandise, that could be big. Uh, and uh, honestly, better merchandise because they have like the the stamp and stuff. But right. I'm not a big fan of it personally. Like, hey, I've, re- redo it. Yeah. I've never been attracted to the Pro Tour like printed on stamps that they do. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, I, I mean, I think better merchandise would be a big thing. Um and then upping the cost of events with X amount going to the tour. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so, like, let's say the events are, they're over 200. Let's just say 250 right now. You make it 300 bucks and you say 50 bucks from every player goes to operating the tour. Mm-hmm. I don't think players are going to be upset with that. The ones who are are the ones who shouldn't be playing on the pro tour, anyways. That's right. the, the lower level. The you people know, who 900 we keep saying, to 970 rated, why are you there players? The, you know? the people that we keep saying that, well, you know, the, the whole tour card shouldn't be there and yeah. that whole thing. Um, so I think those are the only plays that would really get upset. Uh, I understand it would make it harder, but if it's yeah. going to make the pro tour, like I understand it would make it harder financially for like the touring players that are trying to get there. Yeah. You know, if it's going to make the pro tour operate better and in the long term take off the financial stress that lets them keep going, I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, just more outside cash, which we've talked about multiple times in this episode. So I can't find this tournament at all. I don't know if it's PGA Paul's... sanctioned. Oh, what the heck am I doing? I don't know. Whatever. I don't think it's a PGA sanctioned. It might be PGA sanctioned, but I don't think it is. I couldn't find it's it. It's just called the Pro Tour finale. Did yeah, you search it? Yeah, it didn't come yeah, up. So it probably isn't sanctioned. And uh, Eagle and Paul both weren't registered. Um, what? I thought you didn't find it. Yeah, so they weren't registered. Like I, I looked like to see on theirs also see if they came. Oh, up. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, so a few things I just want to say off of here. So one of them came from Lizzie that I needed to read because it was funny. She said, "Drink coffee or water?" Question mark Because every Thursday night I have a cup missing off of my shelf. This this guy right here. These are supposed to be decorative cups. Yeah, I use them because I like them. Yeah. So Liz always gets home like you had the podcast, <laughs> didn't you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh-huh. another another one. Sorry. Yep. Uh, oh well, that was about foundation, so I won't ask that until we're done with our con- our content. Yeah. Um, how many pro tour events are there? Do you know? I believe eight, but don't quote me on that. Okay, because that was be a more. question asked. There was eight when it started, I think, but there might be more now. Uh, just go to protour.com and you can look at the schedule. There that, you go. That's the best way to do it. Uh, grip locked snapbacks. That'd be sick. We are okay. Off the topic. We are exploring 
um, dry fits, not for grip lock, but for foundation. There's a local company that could do them more in our price range. And I finally have a sample because I did a design for a different company that's local that used the same company I was looking at. And so now I have a sample. Um, <laughs> They're really nice. And yeah, they feel good. I just worked out in it today. Oh, there you um, go. And it, it went well. Uh, I didn't sweat a lot. Like the sweat didn't show in it, which is always a big thing for me with dry fits because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of wearing a dry fit over cotton. Um, and plus I didn't feel hot. And I was worked out outside, so. Well, that's good. I hate dry fits, so I feel like I'm going to be like. They're the really biggest, soft, like, though. I'll let you feel it. Well, yeah. it's, it's sweaty, so you probably won't want to tonight. Probably but. not. I'm going to be I'm like the biggest like critic. There you go. I'm also exploring the idea of a Black Friday, and I haven't even told Zach this. I, say, I don't even know what he's filthy. talking about. Uh, so if you've seen our five time stamp, no, they probably haven't. They probably haven't. Well, um, no, we're, I was actually going to plug it tonight about our yeah. discs. So also. imagine this sweatshirt, all black. You roll with me here, Zach. Okay. And either the McBeast logo or the five time. I feel really bad for our listeners on Spotify who can't see what I'm explaining here. <laughs> this is also uh, true. We got to remember that. The five time claw mark in the little pocket or in the McBeast logo in the pocket. Okay. But that's okay. not the cool part. That's sick. Yeah. But then you flip it on the back and it's the whole stamp takes up the whole back of the sweatshirt in white and it's a black sweatshirt. That'd be pretty cool. Like I would rep that all over the place. Okay. And I feel like that's a very skateboardy looking Shirt, which is exactly what disc golf design looks like. So but back to our topic. Wait, wait, wait. I was going to go. I'm going to pull the stamp. We'll, we'll do it at the end. All right. Well, I want to I finish stay, this topic. Stay though. till the end because we have big news that we can actually finally drop this week. Yeah, real so big. So don't, don't leave. Real, real big. And we kind of have a date. Not really, but kind of. Kind of. Um, also, our minis. Whoever. Okay. Who is that person? Trevor. 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 I don't know if you said anything about the minis, but like that next, last Friday, I guess, you know, when we talked about it on here about how... You know, we talked about it on the Patreon. Patreon, yeah. I don't know if you went to work and said anything about our minis, but like the next day, they were like nice to us, sent us the return label and everything, and they're and like the on their are way. Coming in, so um, like, thank you. I, so once I they think come you in, did something, and if you did, you're the best. And once they come in, as long as they look good, which I'm assuming this time they will, we'll be sure to shout them out. Yeah. And I mean, I felt the other ones, and they for the price, they feel good. So that means going yeah. forward, we'll probably use the same company because they already have everything done. So. It was a, a good move for them to, to make it right. So Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I'm going to read some other player uh, quotes because I have oh, a bunch yeah. pulled up. So this is player quotes back on our topic that we, all as always, <laughs> bunny trailed way off of. Um, that's just something you got you to gotta roll with with us. Honestly, if you talk about bunny trailing off, you should listen to Ear Biscuits, like the Good Mythical Morning podcast. Here we go. I'm doing it again. But like their first like 30, 40 minutes of their topic is not about their topic. That's so funny. Anyway, go ahead. All right, so we already read Paul's on here. This is another thing from Ulti World. It's called Pros Weigh In on News of Disc Golf Pro Tour Sales. So we already read Paul's. Um, Ricky said, I think it's a great thing. Jeff is such a good person for the job, and I think he's uh, I think he's a great communicator with the public, the players, and all other TDs. He also really relates well with everyone. I'm really excited to see where he can take this tour. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sarah Hokum said, I think it's great. Steve laid the groundwork of a successful tour and Todd and his team have the potential to elevate it even farther. I'm stoked to see how things shake out in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the only somewhat negative comment, which honestly kind of surprised me because I didn't think I'd see any, but Chris Dickerson said... Oh, kind of surprised because he doesn't long, really say anything. Yeah, I know. Chris Dickerson said, as long as there any, isn't any drastic changes, I'm fine with it. I'd be even more on board if they made more Southeast Pro Tour events, which Southeast makes sense. Um, because he doesn't like to tour like far outside of his home, but yeah, I'm surprised. Like as long as there isn't drastic changes, is what I was like. But like, so he thinks that it's been like doing well. 
I guess he's kind of happy with how it's going. Surprised. Um, yeah, which, you know, like I said, he doesn't like the tour. Like, he doesn't go to the West Coast, pretty much. Like, he'll go to the Midwest, and that's about it. Unless, like, if Worlds was in California, he'd go. But he's not, like, he's touring a lot more this year. But as far as touring goes, he likes to keep it Southeast. So You're going to like these comments? Uh, I'll only read one more because the final one, to be honest with you, I don't know who it is. No, not I'm gonna read Jeremy Colling, but I don't know who Courtney Cannon. What about you know Barsby? Well, Barsby's the Instagram video that's not. Oh, uh, okay, never mind. And he didn't really say anything. He just asked what everyone else thought, and they threw it in here. But okay. Courtney Cannon, I'm beyond, Do you know who she is? Uh, I've heard the name. I've never even heard the name. So I I hope I'm not offending someone. I but I mean I don't know who she is. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was Trevor, by the way. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so Jeremy Colling said. Todd Rainwater's father, Richard Rainwater, was a highly successful investor and philanthropist. A large part of his success was attributed to the idea that he knew he was never the smartest guy in the room, just the best recruiter. That idea was passed down to Todd and can be seen in everything he does. He surrounds himself with the best talent available, and I have no doubt that he'll continue to do the same as the majority owner of the Pro Tour. In fact, that is already evident as he's hired Jeff Spring to run the show. Jeff has run several of the most successful tour events over the past several years, including the Green Mountain Championships, the Portland Open, and the big show, the World Championships. It's an understatement to say that I'm very excited to see the direction they lead the future of the Pro Tour. So, all I, in all... I early clicked. Outstanding. I thought you were done. Sorry. All in all, you know, a great yeah, great reaction. Um, yeah. I have the press release pulled up, but we've talked about pretty much everything in it. Yep. Um, and then I also have an article pulled up about Richard Rainwater, but again, we've mentioned everything important in it. So. I feel like now it's like the time to like, now, like we talked about it. Now we have like a year and a half to wait to see what happens. Yeah. Um, so we got some opinion time that this is going to be for us, but also for you guys to leave the comments below. Before we start, we're going to read these comments. Oh, go for it. Okay. Yo, on a real note, where do you guys get your stuff printed? Because if you guys would like, I can get you some info. I screen print for a living. Who's that? Um, Joseph Neal. So shoot us a message, Instagram, email, yeah. one of those. We'll email talk us. to you. We'll talk. Email us. We'll right. talk. These were from Custom Ink, but this is probably the last yeah. Custom Ink stuff we'll do just because their prices, their convenience is very high with how quick they get it to you because it's here within like a week or something. Yeah. Um, but their prices just don't make that much sense. It's okay. much cheaper if we went with a local print shop or possibly you. Trevor said, don't thank me until the mini show up printed right. I haven't seen the second run. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid. Um, and then like some, a few people were saying that the five time slashes would look cool. Um, one said five times, five times sla- slash would look cool on a bandana. Bald head, bald heads matter. <laughs> valid. Okay. All right. So opinion time again, this is for Zach and I to both give our opinions and you leave your opinions in the comments below. Honestly, I think this is going to be a new segment. Opinions? Opinion time. That's I don't funny. know what we're going to call it, but you know, I'm sure our audience can come up with something creative. Because two off the tee was from our audience. That was from uh, Stephen yeah. Ritchie. Um, no, it wasn't. No. It was from Jesse Marilla. It was from Jesse Marilla. I knew it was a local guy. Um, yeah. But opinion time. So I think I know the answer to this, but still. Oh. Overall, is this good for the sport or bad and why, Zach? Okay. Well, first of all, it is good. Um, I didn't hit anything because I didn't know what to hit. This one. Which one are you going to hit? That's mine. Why is that one? Okay. So first of all, good. Uh, second, why? Uh, because you have somebody that like can... Okay. How, can I, how do I explain this? Like, let's just say the Green Mountain Championships like started here. 
now they're here. And then like with, I, I can't, I keep forgetting these names. Steve Dodge took like the pro tour to here from here to like here. Yeah. You know, like, so we know somebody that can elevate the tour more than like what it has been. And some, and we have money now, yeah. which I know you're not like money. is not supposed to fix all problems, but money probably money will fix a lot of problems. Money will probably fix this problem. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to say this is bad for the sport. Uh, yeah. Um, it's obviously great for the sport. And my reason why is Steve Dodge laid a great foundation in building the pro tour right. into what it is. But um, I feel like now that he's laid the foundation, he took it as far as he could, basically. Do we have that bow, bow, bow? horns? That's what that one is? Yeah, just horns. Oh, so say say that thing again. Steve Dodge laid the foundation, but that's as far as he can take it. I hit it. Um, <laughs> I feel like Todd Rainwater and Jeff Springs can now build like a skyscraper on yeah. top of that foundation to put it in perspective. <laughs> well, um, hit him with it again. Like that's just how I, that's how I, yeah. that's why I'm looking at it because of the fact that Jeff Springs has proven disc golf wise that he can, he's great at organization. Yeah. He's on top of it. He knows his crap and he can do what needs to be done. And then Todd Rainwater has proven business wise, you know, he, you know, obviously a lot of people will say like, oh, well, his dad was rich. That's the only reason. Okay. <laughs> but growing up in the house with someone like that, yeah. like this dude turned, basically how he made his billions was there was a family called the Bass family that was an oil company family. They let him invest their money. First 50 million he ever invested, he lost. The Damn. next like 100 or 500, I think it was 100 million he turned into a billion dollars. Something like that. Like this dude invested in Disney. I think he invested at 1.500 billion in Disney. That 500 for, billion? Sorry. 500 million Thank in you. Disney that for the Bass family turned into like $5 billion or something like that. Like he got early with Disney. The, all these are online. So my numbers might be a little off, that's, but that's wild. Regardless, you see what I'm saying here. Yeah. Like to raise track record. Yeah. So for Todd to be raised yeah. in the house with that guy. Even if he got a fraction of his business knowledge, it's more than anyone in the disc golf community currently. Yeah. Um, so we have both of those heads kind of teaming up, and they have a very solid foundation in the fact that the players are already playing these events. Oh, I keep forgetting I'm using the word foundation. That's why I I've honestly, been hitting it this whole time. Every time. That's why I said repeat yourself. So you uh, said foundation. Boom. Because um, all the players already like the events. Right. You know, they already plan to have them on their schedule. And so that's a solid you know, um, and so now they can build. You I wasn't paying attention. I was reading. I was going to say the word foundation, but I didn't. Oh. Uh, so next thing. Hold on. Trevor Hill said, it'll take a few years to know if it ended up good or bad. You don't want just good two years and then for it to crash and burn. I agree. Yeah. That's why I said before, we kind of like, we talked about it. Now we have to sit and wait because yeah, even if it's good for two years, like two years is not the life of the sport. Yeah. Like this needs to last for a very long time. Yeah, but so, so I agree with that, that statement. We in your wait. opinion, what is the first change that needs to be put into effect getting outside sponsors which we talked about but like it's we need more money not not his money yeah i think the first thing that need in my opinion the first thing that needs to get like put into effect is honestly i just think the first event needs to be a home run i don't really know if that's a change but it's more per se of like the first impression that they leave needs to be it needs to blow everyone's mind. So like the first event of next year. Yeah. So I believe it's the Memorial because obviously they're not going to well, be able yeah. to make ch- changes to the MVP open or any of the rest of the season. Which starts everything's tomorrow. set. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Everything's set. So they're not gonna be able to make changes to that. I'm talking next year, the first event that they literally, they're going to plan everything. They're going to run everything. 
that event needs to be huge, uh, needs to be big, and it needs to leave a great impression. And I think the way that's done is the way it's run needs to show they know what they're doing. Um, The coverage needs to be top-notch. We can't see... We can't see testing going on during rounds to where, you know, like last year was just, it was horrible. I don't even remember everything that happened, but we yeah. talked about it in a podcast episode because it was embarrassing for the sport. Yeah. Um, that can't happen. Uh, and so I think that's kind of the big change is just how the first tournaments run needs to be a home run, it needs to be big. Um, and I think that will get the disc golf community rallying behind them, which will be a huge thing to propel it. Yeah. And I feel like also this is kind of like not what we were just talking about, but. If I was involved in this, one person that I feel like I would hire as well as Jeff Spring would be Nate Heinold. Yeah. Simply because of like, he, he runs great events. He raises a lot of money. You know who I would hire? And this, I, I wish I knew his name. I'm going to forget his name. The dude who did the freaking profiles for Jomez. Oh my gosh. I would the hire that dude. The yeah. little dude. I think his name's Ryan. I don't know. This dude freaking... If you watch the profiles, that the you probably noticed in the background it was Jomez's music played with cellos and violins. That dude did that. Yep. Like he, he underscored it. everything, he shot everything, and then he worked his tail off to get the video out the next day. Yep. And they were like the type of media coverage that disc golf has always needed, but didn't really know we needed until yeah. you watch it and you get like chills. Yeah. Talk hearing these guys talk about how much they love worlds. We were watching it like when we were uh, back in the hotel, and you were just like, Wait, "Dude." You see this? Like, yeah, he like just did this like last night. Blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, that dude. I don't know what the price tag is on his head to oh. have him work for you. <laughs> I'm sure it's pretty. high. He's worth a lot. I know yeah. that. You need him, and you need uh, Juan Juan on your team. The pro tour needs to hire both of them, and not steal them from Jomez because I don't want to hurt Jomez. But like having guys like that, yeah, artistically, is what I think will be a huge shift in the pro tour you know what i mean if we could have something other than steve dodge recording a webcam commercial for the pro tour which happened multiple times yeah uh trevor said that that dude could be making movies and to be honest with you it's like almost dead on from what we know that like yeah like i'm pretty sure that dude is because like like he's from what we know it's and juan too yeah they're we've talked about juan on here yeah yeah, basically, well, like he said that he got like the same offers from the, those companies, like Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, and Hulu he, he, or he said basically, like he said that he was an idiot for joining Jomez, but because he loved yeah. disc golf so much, he did. Yeah. He's just talking money wise, and he's like, I don't think Ryan is as much of an idiot as me, is how he put it. Yeah, so he's I think probably his name still is doing Ryan. It. I hope his name's Ryan. I just added him as a Facebook friend. You did? So, yeah, I found him. <laughs> That's um, funny. I, w- I think his name's Ryan. But yeah, so if you could hire people like that, though, it doesn't have to be that guy specifically. Yeah. I would wish it well, would. Just professionals. But just like top of the line creatives. Yeah. You, I think people would be surprised at how far top of the line creatives can push your business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's just going to change how your whole thing's viewed from the outside world. Um, so what do you think will change from a fan perspective? Uh, we're going to pay more to watch coverage. Do you think to watch? Oh, do you think to watch live coverage will be a subscription? I think... I feel like that's a good move. I know. <laughs> like, even if it's, like, cheap, even if it's, like, super cheap, but, like, have everyone pay to watch live coverage, like you were saying, like, could possibly be on ESPN+. Plus. Like, that was just, like... Launch... Freaking launch a Pro Tour app. Yeah, why not? And then it's, like, a $2 for the business app or idea. dollar for an app. Yeah. We definitely had this business idea, like, uh, yeah. six months ago. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah. Dang it. That's a great idea, though. I'm still like, but like we also, just didn't have the resources to build it. But that's a great no. idea. But also in person, like obviously we're going to pay more because we're yeah. going to have to pay for these like events. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's a great idea because 
like, okay, pay X amount a month. You're going to get super high quality and don't do it this year. This no, year, not this year. You this can't year this provide year. the super high quality for free so yep. people can see, wow, like this stuff's good. And then say, hey, you thought this was good? Wait till next year. You pay five bucks a month through the disc golf season. So we're only talking March to October. You pay five bucks a month through the pro tour season. And, you know, the only issue would be, um, the only issue would be the, the amount of events. Yeah. So five bucks might be a bit high. But. Yeah. Um, so Patreon, Joe is live coverage. That's what someone said. Yeah. Cause we were, so when we were thinking about doing this app, um, we had talked about like, well, how would the live coverage work? And I was like, well, instead of creating an app, what if we did Patreon and then you just live streamed it to YouTube and made it a unlisted live stream and then just yep. po- posted the link on Patreon. But then, you know, Patreon, people could just copy and paste the link and one person pays and then post it. But then there's other things on Patreon you can live stream with. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the best method would be to create your own app and it would obviously require a lot of money to build an app like that. Good news is I think Todd would be the guy that to get that done. <laughs> Hope so. Uh, KJ McLean says, treat it like a paying for a UFC fight, but way cheaper. Yeah, like... Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Uh, pay per tournament. What's... Uh, Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. There you go. Yeah. Paper... Yeah. So just, you know, maybe... Paper tournament. Five bucks a P-P-T. tournament. <laughs> five or... I mean, five bucks might be a bit high, but I would pay five bucks. Especially if you know the product you're getting is going to be good. Right. And if it's you got five like, bucks to yeah. watch all four rounds. I'm not talking five right. bucks for the final each yeah. round. Five bucks to watch the whole tournament... Um, and if you're in person, it might be like 10 bucks. Yeah, the you're only issue that could come in with that, no, I don't know, because Worlds, you had, what, like 16,000 views on Live? Smashbox? Live? Like no, that. no, no. I think it was 13 was like when the putt, the final putt uh Yeah, but I think the, the one, it hit 16 at some point, I think. Did it? It, it was high. Even 13 is high. Well, yeah. Um, If you're paying five bucks, I feel like you would expect lower, like 5,000. Yeah. You know, but, but we're still, still talking 25,000. money. Yeah. Right. So that's a great idea. Wow. Let's talk a little um, quicker because your boy's got to use the potty. Well, there's only one le- one question left, and then we have our announcement thing. Okay. Um, so how will this change affect the players? I didn't think about that. Uh, maybe, like, the, maybe tournaments are more expensive, and maybe, like, less people get in. I would love, so one thing I would love to see, I think a player experience is going to be better. Oh, for sure. Um, the tournaments are going to be run better for players. Yes. But the thing I would love to see is two changes. I would love like a private warm-up area. Oh, yeah. That gives them access to the first tee so they can warm yeah. up and get to the first tee without having to walk through people. Yeah. Um, because disc golf is one of those sports that you have a lot of access to the players, yeah. which is unlike any other sport, really. But it's too much because... During Worlds, there's multiple players yeah. being stopped during their warm-up to get autographs or pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. Or you're leaving warm-up, you're walking to the first tee, and you have to walk through fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would love to see that. I know not every course is going to have that. Um, but I would also love to see post-round press conference. That'd be cool. So at Worlds, for instance, Paul would have okay. Jomez in Central Coast, and then you'd have us, and you'd have Old World, and then sometimes another one. You know what I mean? He'd have four or five interviews and then go see the fans. Yeah. Whereas it could have been, all right, you just finished your round, you turned your scorecard in. In the same room, you turn your scorecard in. Or all the cameras, people are sitting down, the mics are up on top. You yeah. know what I mean? 
people, whoever they want can field their questions. Or, or yeah, or like, what about if like the the lead card or the feature card that day, like all four of them have to sit down and answer those questions. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like once that'd you leave, cool. you walk into the press conference. Yeah, you know, cool. that's requirement of you as a pro tour player is to be present at the press conference. Yeah, you know, I don't think we can find players yet, but I think that's a big step in the right direction because then a player knows. Like, Paul didn't know, am I only going to have one interview today? Am I have none? Or am I going to yeah. have five? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's a times where, like, at Northwoods, I know he had Jomez, Central Coast, Ulti World, us, and PDGA, yeah. and Johnny Disc Golf, and probably leaving out more, but he had six that one day. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. That's a that lot. That could all be in the same room. Yeah. You know you know how long it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other another monetization thing that the Pro Tour could do is VIP access. You well, know? they do. Um. Do they? Yeah. Like at Worlds, there was VIP passes. Well, yeah, but that's just for parking. I'm saying VIP well, no, access like, to the players. Okay. Well, it wasn't to the players, but like you got like, you got discs, four discs, yeah. the shirt. But all the VIP badge really got you, other than you, you paid for merch. Yeah. But I'm saying the yeah. VIP badge didn't get you into like parking. this room that was yeah. like, you know, there's 15 VIPs and the pros. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it would be, but like a, a meet and greet type room. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you pay to be in. So that you can guarantee I'm going to meet Paul today. I'm going. He's going to sign my disc maybe, versus maybe I re- hope I see him. Maybe release like 10 of those per Pro Tour and like 20 or 30 for Worlds and they'd be like 250 piece. I don't know if people would pay that much. But, you, you, but I just feel like it's another monetization thing of like you can sell this. I don't know. Um, but I think, I think that would be good to see with the players is private warm-ups and a post-conference, post-press conference, post-round press conference for the yeah. lead card, maybe even chase card. You know, maybe chase card comes in until the lead card's ready. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that would be a good change. Uh, that would just take a lot of stress off the players so that they knew what their day was going to look like. Yeah. All right. I got to pull the stamp up. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to see the stamp. I'm going to bring it up there. Well, it'll be out of focus. I'm going to focus it. All right. He's he's dedicated. Um, while because he pulls you guys it need up, to see this. Um, uh, while oh. he pulls it up, um, basically yeah, what has talk happened... About it. We announced this. If you're a Patreon, you already know this. And if you're on our Instagram live, you already know this. Which but was if you like weren't, not a lot of people. Uh, here it comes. So for to celebrate Paul's five time, you know, we've already been doing the $5 off sale. That's still going on. Uh, $5 off anything that has Paul's name on it. So our own McBee stamp discs, uh, Luna's, Zeus's, all of that. But our big thing, and this is the biggest thing we've ever done, the back one. Um, this is the biggest thing we've ever done as a company. Uh, we just ordered... 500 crystal raptors with this here stamp that zach is trying to get focused hold on a second folks other way there she goes boom baby and your screen just went black this stamp uh back up a little bit there you go right there um it's gonna be two foil so the back claws are one foil and then the mcbeast is a different foil um that stamp that's also the stamp i was talking about for the hoodie but 500 of them with that stamp that's all that's guaranteed that's going to be made of the Crystal Raptors because yeah. we have exclusive rights for six months at least um, of these. So for the next six months, uh, we will be the only way you can get a Crystal Raptor. How's that look? Uh, it's good enough for the last five minutes. I think it's good. Um, for the next six months, we're going to be the only company with the rights over Discraft, Infinite, Marshall Street. We're the only ones that can sell it. Um, only ones. I'm so, super excited about this. Yeah. So Sorry, that means, you know, in. we'll have 500 guaranteed. Uh, depending on how those sell, we might do more. Um, if you're, if you like the early tea time stuff, 
very likely that the next early tea time disc, uh, the last 150, will be Crystal Raptors. Raptors. Um, did you mention that this is like one of Paul's favorite discs now? Yeah. So Paul did not like the Raptor. Yeah, the regular all. Raptor. Like yeah, he thought he would so like it, so he bought a bunch. Turns out he didn't like it. But he went to Discraft and he threw the Crystal Raptor because they were messing around with it. And he fell in love with it so much that he took one of these big Discraft boxes, which is 50 discs, to Maple Hill with him. And he's been throwing it all over the place. And he said it's like one of his favorite discs in his bag. Somebody said, what is a Crystal Raptor? Well, it's not made yet because they're going to be made for us. Uh, do we have Let me find a Raptor. Discs. Well, we have Crystal? No, Crystal is for tournament only. Yeah, I know, but we've, some of our uh, zones are Crystal. Oh. I make beast zones, but I don't know if we have any. Crystal, basically, the Raptors we've seen pictures are completely see-through, and the Raptor's just this disc. So a completely see-through disc, uh, the rim, everything is completely see-through. This is the Raptor, by the way. And then this disc, so the Raptor. But um, Crystal Raptor. The Raptor is basically a Sexton Firebird if I had to compare it to a disc. I don't know how the Crystal Raptor flies. I just know... This, uh, but more clear, more yeah. see-through. Like, like if I actually, held it in front of my face, you could see me through it. Hold on. We have a picture from the marketing guy oh at yeah Discraft. they they have like 10 stamped with this stamp that paul um, took i think right did he take those ones no, he took a different stamp okay hold on one second guys let me get you this picture but yeah so that's the uh i think it's really cool because like we, we've said it already but it, only us can have it it's yeah. kind of big for us because we're like we're a smaller it's a, company yeah, it's a risk but yeah. i i don't i don't see it as that risky of a move um because i don't know the, why i can't open it i can't open the picture guys i'm sorry that's depressing. Oh, yeah, it might be like, it might have expired. Some Instagram messages expired. So like the old candy plastic. Is that, I don't know what that is. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Crystal's been around for a while. It's, um, I definitely have one somewhere. Oh, but it's way over there. Yeah, it's just see-through. It's completely see-through. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, I can't like pull it up. clear, no pure, I mean, no impurities. Um, and then the two-color stamp, which we are very stoked for. Um, we, I'm not going to say only 500 will ever be made because... We might make more um, if the first 500 go well. Yeah. Um, but there will not be many made, okay. at least for the next six months. Got the picture. So I got this picture. Cool. There Hold on. Go. I'm going to come back. So he's going to show the, uh, the crystal, crystal raptor. This isn't our stamp. This isn't our stamp, but these are the ones that Paul has. Um, it's the old Discraft stamp, the older Discraft stamp. You'd think you would have remembered how, which way to turn it. To the right. Towards me, right? It ain't going. I'd go the other way. Yep, that works. So that's the that's the Raptor. So you can see how clear it is. Um, but it'll have that five time stamp he just showed you on it. That's Paul's stamp, by the way. So pretty filthy, if you ask me. I'm very very stoked for it, and I'm in focus again. Cool. Um, so I think that's basically going to. How much were we thinking? They're probably going to be what was the price? Twenty two fifty. I believe that's what we settled on was twenty two fifty. Um, and Ooh, to be honest with you, more than likely they will go for more than that on Facebook. So. Oh yeah. Well, because there's only like we're, exclusive. We're gonna, yeah. Like, we're going to do a limit exclusive. per person. Um, probably of like 10. I don't, we haven't really discussed what the limit is, but we're going to do a limit per person. Um, more because we don't want to have to ship out 50 to one person because <laughs> we don't have boxes say, to do that. One, we don't have boxes to do that. Two, that would literally be like $70. Well, they sh- would pay the shipping. No, I know. But like, uh, who, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, it, you if you bought fifty and paid seventy dollars shipping, you you make your money back yeah. on Facebook, I'm sure. But I mean, if you buy two, more than likely you can sell one and it'll pay for the other one. Yeah, which uh, is kind of like what we did for like with like the. Those that's what I Zeus's. did. Yeah, everything that I bought at Worlds, I sold stuff to pay for. Um, and then yes, yeah, so we'll have a limit P 
piece per order, probably like 10. Probably 10. Whatever yeah. fits in a 9 by 9 by 9 box. Yeah, which would be... Uh, 10 will definitely fit. You know, might be a little bit more, but, you know, if someone ordered <laughs> 10 and then a few other discs... He goes, have a limit. Much. He goes, 10's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah so those are going to be awesome. I mean, those, I'm buying some. <laughs> we're going to market it a little bit differently than we yeah. have in, in the fact that we'll start that when we get them in, we'll start marketing them with a drop date. Um, because that's something that we don't normally do. We normally yeah, get we'll it in and time. as soon as they're up, we post it, you know, but I want to give everyone like a heads up so that people don't, you know, aren't at work when it drops and miss it. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll have like a drop date and time. So they're supposed to ship September 12th to us, which would mean that we should get them by like the, I think the 12th is a Thursday. So, Probably like the fifteenth to sixteenth, we'll get them, which I would guess would mean you know we'll probably give ourselves a week to market it. So yeah, probably fine. towards the end of September is when these will be dropping. So a little less than a month away. Someone else said, "Gosh, I hate that. Just terrible. I'll take 10. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know those I, are gonna be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and what price? Twenty two fifty. Twenty two fifty, and we'll probably have some. We'll probably do a second order if I had to guess for Black Friday. Of those, yes, probably of the same stamp. Probably. Um, yeah. I don't know if we'll do any with a similar to stamp. Cloudbreaker. No, no, no. New. It's Sexton Firebird esque. Um, well, someone said more crystal. overstable than a. Yeah, I don't know uh, what the crystal is going to be. Yeah, because like. crystal it no. obviously won't fly like a regular raptor because Paul didn't like the regular raptor, yeah. but he likes this one. My only experience yeah. with it is in the ESP plastic, and oh yeah, you throw one. I don't through? throw it much, through. but yeah, I, it's in my bag. It's like a little bit more stable than a PD, and so okay, uh, it's not a stable. Uh, it's it's geez. I almost said it's not as stable as an Onyx. It doesn't go as far as an Onyx, but it's similar in stability, if that makes any sense at all. Like, it has less glide than an Onyx. Yeah. But it has the same, like, finish. But I don't know what the crystal one is, because obviously it's... Trevor said it's a faster zone. I mean, yeah. I mean, anything overstable, I think, is a faster zone. That's how I kind of... Joseph, I did get your message on Instagram, just haven't had a chance to... um, respond yet i'll respond before the patreon which Sick. once patreon so let's uh are we wrapping this up right now yeah um yeah so be sure to uh if you're not already a oh, subscriber go sorry. ahead and subscribe uh, yes a limited release the like the cloud breakers a uh, limited release yeah yeah zach r- wrap us up that's not my okay job. well what'd you say i said that's not my job <laughs> sorry thank you guys for watching we really appreciate all you guys here also really appreciate our first ever super chat i can't remember his name but that was awesome there you go. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, if you aren't already a Patreon subscriber, I think Hunter just said this, but I literally wasn't listening. I did not. You didn't? Okay. Well, it should be in the link below. Um, there you can get like form critiques. You can send your video into Hunter. Um, extra content. Yeah, extra content. Uh, discount codes. Talk like uh, after podcast Q&As, yeah, which we're you're about also to do. The first to know about anything. Anything. Basically <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, one final thing I will say is Black Friday sales... We're already going to start talking Guys. about them because I want you all to understand Ooh. that we're going big for Black Friday. Oh. As a consumer, I've always been mad when I see Black Friday sales. Me um, too. I won't mention companies, but you know. Hey, I you, ain't no fruit, buddy. All right, go ahead. Keep going. Called us <laughs> if fruits. You wanted, uh, if you wanted different brands, you know, a lot of times you have to buy on different days because sales were different days. I'm not going to mention companies, but you know. Um, and a lot of the sales were like 20% off, you know. Boo. I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like this is Black Friday slash Cyber Monday. A company needs to go you big. Suck. Welcome to the company that's willing to go big. We're um, going big. We're, uh, you know, I don't know what our sale on Discraft's going to be yet. We got to run the numbers, but I do know Trilogy. Um, we're pushing 
30 plus percent off uh, mm-hmm. trilogy. Enova, probably similar numbers. Um, our merchandise is probably going to be pushing 50% off. Yeah. Um, so what that means, you can get this t-shirt I'm wearing for like 10 bucks. Um, and our other t-shirts for like seven fifty. And then Oh we'll, my gosh. Yeah, we'll be dropping new merch, I'm sure. We'll have new stamp, I'm sure, um, of some sorts. And all of it's going to be discounted mystery boxes. Yep. Uh, with crystal raptors in them. And maybe um, some... I really hate to say this because it's like not official. Maybe some signings of some sorts. Yeah, we we can't. It's not a. It's I'm not, not really. Official, gonna, it's not official, but, but like it's not Paul, so that's all I'm gonna say. Well, they aren't. They're not gonna be here for Black Friday. Well, no, they have them sign a bunch of stuff and put it to the side. That's valid. Maybe for the mystery boxes. So yeah, <laughs> um, so go ahead and just make some mental notes yeah. that you know it's, save some money. It's gonna be fun. Black Friday's coming. Yeah, it's gonna be Cyber real Monday. fun. Um, and also, we hope that that sale will boost that we can restock going into the new year on everything. Yeah. Um, because we're, we're getting close to needing a restock, but yeah. we have other stuff that we want to put our money into more than just restocking stock plastic, if that makes any sense. Like, for instance, the Crystal Raptors, I think, are more important than stock discraft stuff. Yeah. I don't think I'm an idiot for thinking that. But make a mental note. Black Friday is coming faster than you think and faster than we think. But yeah, this is true. Sick. Thank you guys so much for joining. Patreons, we will see you at 9.30. We'll be live over there. That's 12 minutes away so that Zach has time to pee and I have time to get it set up. Thank you. All right. See you guys later.